pastor's position. Amen. We've been talking about what? The pastor's position. I told you that number one, he's a preacher of the church. Number two, he is to evangelize and reach the lost. Amen. But also, I told you, he is to he is to reach the sheep, but he also has to evangelize the goats. Amen. Because, you know, sometimes we stray a little bit, and sometimes we turn back to our old nature. Amen. So the pastor, the relationship with you and your pastor is something that's so important. Amen. Um, that it should be something that you cherish while on earth. Uh, when 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 John wrote from Patmos to to the seven churches, he addressed the pastors in these churches as the angel of the church. Are you with me? And so the pastor is an evangelist, uh, but the pastor of the church, the the pastor, amen, uh, or the term pastor. Uh, is designated for one who not only preaches to the church, not not one who actually evangelizes the church, but one who feeds the church. Amen. Listen, the church is made up, amen, of people. Amen. And one of the things that we must remember in our pursuit of everything is that the church is not just a social club. It is not a place where we just gather together just because we want a positive speech for that moment or need a little encouragement for that day. No, the church is a place where you come to be fed spiritually. Can I tell you something? If, if it had not been for the teaching of the word or the preaching of the word or the feeding on the and the feasting on spiritual food, amen. Listen, yeah, I probably would be out there marching right now doing some crazy stuff, amen. But, but here's the thing. The word is what keeps us, amen. The word is how you fight injustice, amen. God is in control and as people of God, what we must do is we must not see color. But what we must see is that we are now part of the same family. Come on, help me somebody. And and how do we how how do we grow? How do we grow when we join the family of God? We grow through spiritual food. And a lot of times you know, we get to a point where we become so independent of the pastor, where we feel well, I don't need no, I don't need the pastor no more. You know, I, I can, I can feed myself, amen. And, and there's nothing wrong with feeding yourself, but how do you know, amen, that you are feeding yourself the right stuff? Because left to ourselves, you know what we eat, right? Ice cream, amen, cake. Banana bread that was so good. Amen. We got to watch that kind of stuff. Amen. And then what happens to us, we, we won't eat food. I know some people who just, just want to eat a bunch of sweet stuff, and they don't want to eat no food. Amen. And then they want to say they're working out. 
Amen. You got to watch out for them kind of people. So it's the pastor's job. Amen. To, amen, to monitor your diet. Come on and help me somebody. Amen. So, so, so he is the pastor of the church and the flock. He's the feeder of the flock. Amen. And so the, the term pastor is one of the most often used word in scripture. Amen. It designates that a person who has responsibility, watches, of feeding and caring for the flock. Listen, it's an important position. It's an important job. And a lot of people may not understand the relationship that it's a burden sometimes, saints. And it can be a blessing at times, too. Amen. But think about this. I, you know, I teach a group of pastors on Thursday night, and, and, I, and I say to them, I ask them all the time, I said, how do you know what to teach your church? Think about that. How do you know what to teach the people, right? Isn't it interesting that the pastor has to preach something every week, right? Teach something every week, every week. You know what I said? Every week. Amen. Not every month, but every week, right? And and has to he has to have a pulse on the church. He has to have a, a form of understanding, amen, what needs to be taught in the church, amen, so that the church, amen, can grow and become what God has intended the church to become. Are you with me? So if you have your Bible, I want you to go to 1 Peter chapter 5 for me. 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. Go there for me and let's look at it real quick. 1 Peter chapter 5. And I want to look at, I want to look at verse 2, but we'll start at verse 1. Amen. We'll start in verse 1. Amen. <clears throat> and look what Peter says. Peter says, Therefore, hmm. and whenever you see the therefore, you ask, what is it therefore? And what he's really dealing with, he's talking about the suffering <clears throat> for God's glory. It's in the context of suffering. All right. He, he says in verse 14, he says, <clears throat> if you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed. Because the spirit of, uh, of glory and God rests on you. Think about this. Think about the responsibility of the pastor, right? Think about as the feeder. You're going through persecution and trials and troubles, and he's telling you that while you're going through, you're blessed. You, you know, I, I'm being profiled, but I'm blessed. Come on, somebody and help me. I, you know, I'm going through struggles at, jo at the job, but I'm being blessed. And, and that's the, the difference, and this is what I believe. This is what I believe. I believe this. I believe that one of the things that we have to be very careful of is that we're not ignoring what God is trying to feed us. Because it's easy to say, no, nah, that, that, you know, I don't need that, or I don't want to hear that. I had enough, you know what I mean? I'm going through all this suffering. But if you stop hearing the voice of the shepherd, amen, in a time like this, especially in a time like this, 
on top of COVID-19, on top of all the other stuff that we got, layoffs and come on somebody and evictions and, and people not having enough food to eat and all this other stuff, and you're telling me I'm blessed? See, this is the responsibility for the, the pastor first got to believe what he's preaching. Amen. And then you have to, as, as the believer, we're talking about the people and the pastor, have to believe that what he is saying, amen, is truth. Amen. And watch this. And then when you apply it, you will begin. To, the only way that you can really tell if it's truth is if you apply it. And oftentimes what happens is we've become so overweight spiritually, amen, that we hear so much word, but we don't put it to practice. And then we say, oh, well, it's the preacher or it's the church or, or you know, all, and we come up with a whole bunch of excuses why we cannot or will not move forward with our lives. Listen, if you're stuck today, there's a possibility, amen, that maybe you have not been applying what you've been hearing. Amen. Notice I said hearing, not learning. Amen. Or maybe you have not been listening with the right heart. It's hard to receive if the heart is not lined up with the ears. I wish I had somebody. See, you could say amen, 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 but not apply it. And that's where the that's where the dysfunction comes in. That's where the disconnect comes in when you hear the word but do not apply the word. You I'm you, I'm like a broke record with that, right? Look at verse 16. He says, "Make sure that none of you suffers." Now notice what he says now. He says, "Now listen, you're blessed because the spirit of glory rests upon you. When you have today is Pentecost Sunday. We have the Holy Spirit on us, in us. And so the fact that we have the spirit in us, it means we can face whatever the enemy throws at us. Come on, help me somebody. Amen. And watch this. He said, but make sure that you don't loot. I, I didn't say that. I'm sorry. You don't break up people's stuff. You don't burn down your city. He says, as a believer, he says, make sure that none of you suffers as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or a troublesome meddler. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, as a what? As a Christian. If anyone suffers as a what? See, here's where the pastor comes in. To let you know that without, in this Christian life, it will not be without suffering. Do I have anybody? But his job is to encourage you. That's the context that we're in right now. That he's saying, listen, y'all, y'all are being, y'all are suffering, but know this, okay? Listen, but if anyone suffers as a Christian, he is not to be ashamed. But it is to, listen, could it be that what we're going through right now is to bring glory to God if we respond the right way? We need a voice of reason. Amen. But can I tell you something? We need the word to guide us to, so that we respond the right way to whatever circumstances come in society, 
in your home, in your life, wherever you are. But if you don't have a pastor, come on now. If well, listen, I I get it, I get it. There's a whole lot of not good, not good pastors out there. But let's talk about the good ones for a minute. Let's talk about the ones who stand for truth. Let's talk about the ones, amen, those ones. But here's the thing, because not all of them are bad. Just like not all cops are bad. Just like not all, you know, situations are bad. But you can make it through whatever it is that you go through in life if as a believer. Now, I'm not talking to unbelievers today. I'm talking to believers. The relationship between your pastor and... And you is one of the most important relationship. It's more important than your banker. Come on, somebody. It's more important than your doctor. It's more important than your lawyer. Are you you for real? I'm for real. Because here's the thing. After you go to the doctor, after you go to the dentist and you get you some new chops, after, amen, you go to your tailor, and after you go to your banker and make these withdrawals and all that kind of stuff. You can't take none of that stuff with you when you leave this earth. And your pastor is the one who prepares you for where you're going next. Which relationship now is most important? Because let me say something to you. The Bible says that you will receive on this earth many blessings Amen. Watch this. Those of you who have given up some stuff. He says, you haven't given up nothing that I won't give back to you. But here's the thing. But if you're not obedient to the word, if you're not obedient to your pastor, if you're not obedient to the spirit, amen, if you're not walking in love and walking in unity and walking in forgiveness, amen, and walking in sanctification, and that's where your pastor comes in and says, hey, bro, you're kind of slipping. It's time for you to get back on track. Amen. Some people get offended by that, but I got a word for you. The Bible says you correct a, a wise man, he's going to love you. You correct a fool, he's going to hate you. So you go on with that. Watch what he says next. He said, but if anyone suffers as a Christian, he is not to be ashamed, but is to glorify God in this name, for it is the time, for it is time for judgment to begin with the household of God. The Bible calls the church a household. Let's talk about it for a minute. In a household, a household is made up of people. Number one. Number two, each person in the home has roles. Hello, somebody. Not everybody could be the daddy. Amen. Even though mama may wear the pants. Amen. Not everybody can be the daddy. Not everybody can be the kids. Not everybody can be the wife. Not everybody can be, amen, the daddy. My point is, in a household, you need a head. And in the household of God, oh, I wish I had somebody. You need a head. You need a pastor who will protect you, who will feed you, who will encourage you, who you can learn from, who you can understand that the... And listen, you don't have to be afraid of the pastor. 
Amen. He is much like a father to you. Are you with me? And so what I'm saying, saints, and listen, age ain't nothing. My daddy turned 90 years old yesterday. 90. And this is what he says, son, age ain't nothing but a number. Are you with me? It's what you do with your life. Watch this. The office of pastor is what's being held now by myself. Amen. And so whoever God puts in that office, we respect the office. You with me? Amen. Now, watch what he says. He says it begins with the household. You know how God, you know how God fixes the dysfunction in his household? Suffering. Trials. Oh yeah. But see, if you if you follow your pastor as he follows Christ in suffering, because the pastor is not exempt. Y'all ain't trying to hear me. He's not exempt from suffering also. He suffers just like you suffer. He goes through trials just like you go through trials. He goes through all kinds of stuff, but he comes out on the other side as an example for you to see so that you can say to yourself, if my spiritual dad went through that and he made it, then guess what? I can make it too. You see, being a pastor is not something that I recommend to everybody because it's a big responsibility because you carry, if you have 500 members, you carry all that weight on your shoulder. Amen. You carry the people's problems. You, You carry their pain. You carry their suffering. Watch this. If you are a caring pastor, if you're not a hireling, amen, watch the text. Look what he says. He says, he says um, um, for a time of judgment to begin with the household of God, and if it begins with us first, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? Verse 18, and if it is with difficulty that the righteous is saved, what will become of the godless man and the sinner? Therefore, those... Also who suffer according, see, there are certain reasons we suffer. Amen? We suffer to glorify God, but we also suffer according to the will of God. I wish I had somebody. See, a lot of us are not going through our suffering well because we're not being pastored. Hello, somebody. Amen. We, we don't want to get close. We don't want to get around the man of God because he's going to tell you. Now, I know I'm going to tell you. Those of you who know me, amen. I, I can't speak for any other pastor, but I can speak for Derek J. Hunt. I'm going to tell you what a TIS, amen, what it is. Because I believe that it's my duty 
to make sure to tell you that if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, then that's why you're going through some of these things that you're going through. But also, sometimes the things that you're dealing with, it's according to the will of God so that you can come out on the other side better than when you went in. See, we don't want to talk about suffering because suffering is not a good topic. And what I see happening right now is we are suffering according to the what? To the will of God. But look what he says, so that you may entrust, so that God, the will of God shall entrust their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. Oh, I'm go- Ooh, I'm in my message at 10 o'clock already. And I got 10 minutes. Watch this. Watch where I'm going with this. He says that when you suffer according to God's will, it is to bring him glory. Come on, somebody. But also, it strengthens your trust in the creator. And when you're going through, if you do what is right, God says that he's going to bring you through. The word says he will bring you through. Now, look at verse 5. Now you now you get the context. See, you know what I want to say? I want I want to say this to you to, to, to this morning. I want to say this to you. Watch this. I could not have went through all the hell I've been through had it not been for the instruction through the illumination of the word of God. Notice the instructions from the illumination of the word of God through the man of God. Amen. That was dealt out to me. Amen. During some of the most difficult times in my life. See, when I listened, when I was a sheep in in the congregation, I'm still a sheep, amen, but I'm a shepherd sheep, amen, but watch this. But when I was in the the pew, before I came into the pulpit, I believed every word. I was not suspicious about my pastor. I was not, I didn't look at him sideways. I I didn't treat him. As if he was trying to get over on me. Oh, I wish I had somebody. And, and, and here's the thing. Well, well you don't understand. You, listen, it, it, there's some bad apples out here. But the whole bunch is not spoiled. See, Elisha felt the same way. Amen. Then God said, listen, I, I got some prophets here. You ain't the only one. He thought he was the only one. He said, I got, I got, I got, matter of fact, I got more than you think I got. See, so there are some remnants out here. There are some pastors out here who are for real. But here's the thing. I did not doubt nor was I in suspicion of what he was saying to me. And oftentimes you're wondering why it's not working for you. Because you got some suspicions about me. Come on and say Amen. Not me, Pastor. That's good. I'm glad it's not you. Amen. I really am. Watch the text. Therefore, verse chapter 5. Therefore, I exhort the elders 
among you. Notice, uh, in times of suffering and persecution in the church, what do you need? Leadership. You know what we you know what black America need today? For real? And I ain't that voice. They need leadership. Amen. Someone who is not political, hmm, but biblical. Someone who could take a stand and say, listen, church. Amen. Let's come together. And we're suffering according to the will of God, but we are going to entrust our souls to our creator. Therefore, I exhort the elders among you and fellow elders and witness of the sufferings of Christ and partakers of the glory that is to be revealed. Look at who Peter, Peter talked to the people, but Peter is talking to the shepherds or the pastors who were suffering while they were suffering. Look what he says. He says, bro, I'm sorry. He said, he said, he said, he said, he said elders. All right. Now the word elders there, it means an older person. Amen. All right, but but a pastor also uh, carries the title of elder. Amen. Not old in age. Come on, somebody. Amen. But 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 he has been seasoned in the Word of God. You know, I, I look at fifteen years of pastoring. I think about that. Fifteen years of pastoring. I learned just a little bit. I got a little bit, little bit more to learn. Amen. And then next year, I got a little bit more to learn. I'm going to keep on learning, and I'm going to keep on growing because I truly want to be a, I don't want to just be a good shepherd. I want to be a shepherd that makes sure, that, 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 that does his job correctly. Amen. That does his job for the glory of God. And in every circumstances, or any circumstances, what I find here is that he told these shepherds, he says, shepherd the flock of God. In other words, step up. So I can't shepherd America. But I sure can shepherd the Vision Church. And so I'll be your voice of reason. I'll be your leader. To say to you, we ain't marching. But we're going to meet in this parking lot. And then when this building opens on, see, here's people talk, man. They, they talk. They want peace, but they're not willing to pay the price for it. Amen. The price for peace is prayer. We have the Holy Spirit. Today is Pentecost Sunday. The descension of the Holy Spirit, amen, where he enters into the believers permanently forever until the second coming of Jesus Christ. So therefore, to the vision church, what we can do, amen, we can pray. We say we love the church, but we don't show up. 
Come on now. We say we want change, but we won't show up to conform to the image of Christ. Amen. Matter of fact, some of us, we love this social distancing thing, you know. This makes church real convenient for you. You don't want to be pastored by me. Uh-oh, I'm going in on it. That's for real, but that's for real. That's real talk. That's, that's for real talk right there. Because if you wanted to be pastored, you would be present. Can't reach you if you're not present. I like all this technology stuff, but I realize something. Unless it's distance, talking about another state, I can still pastor you there too. Amen. But here's the thing. If I don't see you, how can I pastor you? And watch this. And you're going through all kinds of persecution, but you won't be present for the word. Look what he says. He says, shepherd the flock, man. He says, exercise. He says, he says, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but what? You know what, that, you know what he's saying there? Don't do it out of compulsion. Don't do it because, you know, it's something you want to do. But he says, do it what? Voluntarily. According to the will of God. And not for sordid gain. But with eagerness. Amen. He says, do it whether you get paid or not. I don't even want to get on that. Amen. I don't even want to get on the pay thing. Amen. He says, not yet as lording over it. Those allotted, watch this, those allotted to your charge. You know what that means? That means that God puts you under my charge. Hello, somebody. You thought you joined the church, but God put you here. Under my charge. He says, but proving to be what? An example. I'm closing here. Yeah, I got to be an example. And I want to tell you something. I'm not perfect. I make all kinds of mistakes. Had a hell of a week. Oh, yeah, I said it. But I'm going to be an example to you. Amen. Now, if you want to go find somebody else to be an example to, then you do that. But I'm saying we press on, and the Bible gives me my charge as a pastor. Don't lord it over you, but go through and be an example to the flock. I believe that's what we need today. We need better examples in shepherds. And he says, and when the chief shepherd appears... He says, I will receive an unfading crown. I shall wear a crown when it's all over. Amen. That's what he's talking about. If I shepherd this church correctly, one day I'll receive my reward.